You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Your program is your ticket. Curtain up theater people. Welcome to your program is your ticket. Coming to you from Midtown Manhattan, right in the middle of Broadway. My name is Sean Chandler, and I'll be your host. Your program is your ticket is a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. As many of you know, your program is your ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater and smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works we like to highlight, and it's our goal on this show to feature as many of these productions as possible while still discussing the biggies. I love theater and see as much as I can wherever I go. During the travels of the production of my husband and my play, At the Flash, I've met many wonderful people from all over the world in the theater community, and it is my honor to bring them on as guests to the show. Now, tonight's guests are superbly talented actors Alyssa Maygold and Blake Merriman and their esteemed director, Joshua War, who are gearing up for their upcoming presentation of Cindy Lou Johnson's Brilliant Traces, being produced by Art of War Productions. By the way, I just... You know, I got that yesterday. I put, I put it all together <laughs> at the Workshop Theater here in New York City. Now, this is actually one of my husband's favorite plays, and I am so excited to bring them on to discuss their production. So, folks, please welcome to the show Alyssa Makeold, Blake Merriman, and Joshua War. Hi, gang, and welcome to your program is your ticket. Hello. Hi. Thank you, Sean. I want to meet your husband. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's, he absolutely loves this play. Now, I'm going to be honest. I have not seen it or read it, which is unusual for me, and I thought, should I read it beforehand and I'm like no because I want to see it yeah yes and so um, he told me that well I asked him what it was about and he said that it was about um, a lady in a wedding dress shows up at a cabin of a recluse mm-hmm. and I was like okay more tell me more and he said I don't want to tell you anymore because yeah. there's so yeah. many revelations so we'll go see it so why don't you three tell our audiences about Brilliant Traces as far as you feel about it. How do we not ruin this for Sean? How do we not ruin the... It's really hard. The revelation of information is a lot of what the play is about. Mm -hmm. It's very character-driven. Well, I think it started with Blake 10 years ago doing uh, a scene study of one of of the moments in the play, and then it kind of sat with him for about a decade. I want to do this play. I want to do this play. Blake and I have worked together in the past multiple times Mm -hmm. and directed him many times, and he said... Would you have have any interest in doing this? And I said, yeah. I had this production company that was lying dormant, not doing anything with it. And I said, let's do this. So we teamed up with another production company, and we are bringing it to the stage. So I think that's why Brilliant Traces is on the docket for us. Um, It's... 
I can't call it a comedy because I think 90% of it, you're, it's, it's a very dark moment, but there are really funny moments. There are tender moments. Um, I think it's a play that keeps everyone on the edge of their seat, which I think is really fascinating. You don't really know what the next turn is necessarily so. And these actors take you on a crazy roller coaster. An insane roller coaster, actually. You think, oh, great, this is winding down. Bam, blindside. You know, oh, great, this is winding down. Bam, blindside. Wow. Um, I know the original production starred one of my favorite actors, Joan Cusack. Yeah, no yeah. pressure, right? Right, exactly. Right. No pressure to deliver against no. you. Know, two-time Academy Award-nominated Joan Cusack. Absolutely not. Well, but it, it, it sounds like you're really, really breaking the show down. Uh, considerably as far as the beats of the show. And uh, I walked in on you and I saw that you were doing some, well, let's just call it choreography. It's um, a really physical show. Is it? Yeah. There are definitely some moments where we're kind of jumping all over the place and we really yeah. need to make sure that those are safe. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. very physical. It's a very physical show. I mean, you know, she's an she's an unleashed volcano and he's, you know, he's somebody running from all of uh, his trauma. So they are both they are both at that breaking point. And so any little thing can throw them over the edge. So yeah, sure, there's lots of physicality. I mean, they beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things that I really like about it that's really rare in, in plays, in theater, in anything, is that like the violence in this play, of which there is like quite a bit, is all instigated by Rosanna. You know, she's not like, she's not acting in self-defense. She's acting in like Aggression, and it's really lovely to to get to play a woman who like is not bottling up her anger and isn't like taking her anger and sadness and kind of swallowing it. She's like, yeah, I have it. I know what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to throw it right at you, and that's like you never see that. So that's yeah, it's really exciting to get to do something like that. We have an incredible uh, fight choreographer, Alberto Bonilla, who um, I've worked with before and Josh has worked with before, and he's um, really come up with some really great uh, fight choreography mm-hmm. for us. So uh, we, we did that, what, two days ago? Mm-hmm. And so we're running it every rehearsal now. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, have to be very, very careful with that. Yeah. Uh, always want it to be... Um, um, comfortable for both actors Absolutely. and for the audience like the audience has to know that you're safe mm-hmm. that's one right. of the things I learned when I was getting trained in combat is they were like you know like it, it has to it, it has to look real and it's the same if you're going to have an emotional breakdown like the audience has to know that you're okay or they can't enjoy watching it oh, so you yeah. have to like strike that balance to yeah. make sure that they can see that like no one's actually getting hurt but we can still believe that they're getting hurt. Yeah, it's like a subliminal thing. Yeah, it's like a magic trick. To the audience, yeah. They, I, I, I totally agree. Um, I don't like to be a, a nervous audience. <laughs> no, it's horrible. It's distracting yeah. because then you're blocked off from the experience yeah. you're supposed to have. Absolutely. It's like when I saw uh, Next to Normal, I remember thinking the wrong person in the role of Diana up there could have made me feel like this was off off the rails. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you see Alice Ripley or Marin Maisie? I saw Marin, Marin Maisie, who I love. Yeah, she's amazing. I wish I could have seen Alice Ripley. I love her as well. But um, So I, I totally agree. That's, that's probably um, a lot of just you two being comfortable mm-hmm. with, with that choreography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you, Josh, making sure that both of those elements are balancing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, the story, has to, the story has to be rooted you know, it has to be grounded in, in the in, in in the themes we're telling and at the same time, you know, play on this jungle gym of 
the human body. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's 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 awesome. I love that. <laughs> that's yeah. a great quote. <laughs> I feel like I should put that on on my Facebook page or something. That's, that's wonderful. Um, now, once you put the team together, yeah. Where? How did you start rehearsals? Uh, we've it's been a time crunch for most of this so everything's been layered on top of each other so we were starting rehearsals before we had a stage manager oh wow we were starting rehearsals before we had the whole team you know solidified Um, and so everything you know the momentum had to keep going forward we had four weeks to rehearse this beast of a play wow at the same time assemble this so Mm -hmm. you know um uh, Blake and I are the lead producers on this, and I feel we we said we have a six month window. We know we need we, we you know we know that we need a couple months leading up to fundraising, and then fundraising is a month, and then you've got a month of rehearsals, and then a month of a run. So uh, it all started, I think, back in like October, and it was just every day working working towards the end goal for this. So, you know, you start rehearsals and you put the ads out and hopefully somebody bites and you bring people onto your team that believe in your vision and understand where you're going with this and want to be a part of, you know, this. Um, this is a project of love. This is not, and no one's doing this for money. <laughs> that <laughs> is for sure. So we had to find people who believed in the vision who were taking pay cuts to be a part of this because they really, they felt it was a special thing that was being done with this, you know? I don't think anyone has done this play, in my, in my you know, opinion, nobody's done this play the way we're doing it probably since 1989 original. Wow. At least in New York. Wow. It's been done, it's been regionally a lot. So, you know, I might be making a bold statement that's like Sam, Sam Smith being like, I'm the first gay to win an Academy. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you know, I could be standing up on that. So who knows? So it, it, it sounds like you really started the show on its feet. Yeah. Like, uh, were, was there time for table reads or was it? I gave them no time for table no. reads. And oh, I, okay. normally, I, oh, normally, I normally spend uh, the maj- a very long time at ta- on table reads, but this is such a physical show. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel they would get anything from that. So we had a, we had one rehearsal where we read through the play. That's our very first. But, you know, whereas rehearsals two, three, four, and five, I probably still would have had a cast at the table, but not a physical show like this. Wow. Because so much of the character work is in the physicality. What, what am I going to get from an actor? Yeah. What am I going to get from an actor who's, like, you know, bottled up, sitting in a chair, sure. working off a script? So yeah. I said, let's go. Get off your, get up. Let's do this. And they're like, well, we're not off book. I said, hold your script. But, wow. you know, or put the script down and just physicalize it and work it, work it, work it. And lots of beautiful stuff has been found. That's great. That, that, that's terrific. Well, you have uh, a very, very experienced cast. Very. Oh, please. Oh, no, no. I, I was reading your, your bios, and I have information for you here. Oh, I, did, I did a little stalking, and um, <laughs> both of you have um, pretty extensive uh, film resumes as well as theater resumes. So can you tell us a little bit about your careers? Sure. Um, my career started... Uh, later than I wanted it to, I, if it was up to me, I would have been six and acting, and my parents held out until I was nine. Um, I thought you were going to say like two or uh, three or something. <laughs> no, because I, I knew. <laughs> because I, did, I, like, I just wanted to be Annie, but I didn't put together that like you could play Annie until I was like six or seven when it was on Broadway, and I was like, great, I want to do that. And my right. parents were like, no, you're seven. Um, but then they made that TV movie uh, for the Wonderful World of Disney in 1999 of Annie, and my parents let me go to the open call thinking it would be like 
you know, an experience. And then I got to almost the second, the last round of girls. Um, so I was like, I'm a star. I have arrived. This is what I'm doing with my life. That's the Kathy Bates version, right? Where, yeah. Where Kathy Bates played Miss Hannigan. Miss Hannigan. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and, and then from there, it just became like really conventional. I got an agent and I started auditioning and, and I did a bunch of film and TV as a kid. Um, but not so much that like I also went to school the whole time and, um, and then as I got into my young adulthood, I did a lot more theater. And then when I got out of college, I like took a year in the world and realized that I was in no way, like I, I was making a career on playing precocious teenage girls, which was great and really fun. But I looked down the pipeline of like the next 20, 30 years. And I was like, if, I mean, if you put Lady Macbeth in front of me, I would have no idea what to do with her. I do not know how to take up space like that. And so I went um, and got my master's degree at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. I did their MA in classical theater. And like, it was life-changing for me. And it really helped clarify for me what I want to do and what I, why I want to stay in this business. Um, and really prepared me to like, I like came back and played Brutus and felt like very confident in doing it. Um, because they, they, I mean, this is a whole other story, but like they had to cast me as men all year to try to ground me because those roles don't exist for women. Um, and that was like very upsetting to me. And so I came back and was like, something has to change. I have to be the one who's going to change it because no one else is going to do it. And it's just given me a whole other direction for my life and my career. And that's kind of where I am now. Wow. That's so empowering. I love it. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Blake? Well, I started doing um, acting a little bit later than Alyssa. (laughs) Um, I started doing it extracurricularly at uh, collegiate school where I went uh, in New York. I grew up in the city. And uh, I kind of just eventually got sucked into it more and more. Uh, it's, at Northwestern, I was actually an economics major, but um, I wanted to still do acting. And uh, the only way you could take acting classes is if you became a theater major. So I had to make kind of a critical choice there. And then um, after I did Northwestern, I uh, was in Chicago for a bit. I was doing a lot of improv. And I also studied at uh, the school at Steppenwolf uh, with Jeff Perry. And uh, this is where I was actually introduced to Brilliant Traces. Um, It was assigned to me as a a scene for their program. And I just loved it. It, That was the program that I knew that I wanted to be an actor. Sure. And uh, eventually moved back to New York, um, went over to uh, do some more training at the Maggie Flanagan studio, and uh, fell in with a group of filmmakers. And uh, we made some uh, independent feature films. And I fell in love with doing uh, do-it-yourself kind of style art. And um, Josh and I both went to the Maggie Flanagan studio and uh, were involved with them. And uh, then Ready Productions came out of that. So we started working together a lot more through Ready Productions. Last year, uh, we did uh, an original play, Orion, over at uh, Theater Row. That went really well. That was kind of like the um, scaled-down version of Brilliant Traces. Mm -hmm. And uh, Brilliant Traces is kind of the... Orion on steroids. Uh, I've just wanted to do this play forever, and um, it really has always spoken to me. It's always brought me to a full life, and I've just wanted to live it out. So this is actually a really big dream of mine. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Matthew's going to kill you. 
What? I want you to leave all of that in here, too. That's going to kill you calling this, calling Orion the scale tower version. Well, I'm, Matthew's one of our dear friends who's the playwright that I direct mostly all of his work. And bro. he's in, and Blake and I are very good friends with him. Perhaps and I, he has such opinions about Brilliant Traces compared oh, really? to his work. Yeah. Yeah. I love I'm not that. talking about the level of quality of the work. Of no, the no, I know. I I'm know. talking I literally about the budget that we had. Yeah. Like, just in terms of the budget, this budget is. 30% at least more? It, so our budget for Orion was in the mid-range 20s, and this is around 34. Mm-hmm. Wow. 34,000. It's, yeah, it just kept growing. <laughs> growing. As they will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I kept redrafting the budget being like, oh, I've just tacked on two more thousand. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's do this. And every day, it's it's in addition to those large amounts. It's I need a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, this. I need. I kept texting those. Blake. I'm like, oh, okay, we're up to twenty five. Okay, we're up to twenty eight. Okay, we're up to thirty. Can we do this? Okay, now we're at thirty four. Can we do this? <laughs> well, then I came in and I've made lots of demands. <laughs> yeah, like you know, things to make. She me has lots of writers on her contract. Yeah, yeah. Do lots of like snacks. Her, you know, she only wants yeah, it's all snack M&Ms, related. You know, all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Right, all the all of the like brown M and M's out mm-hmm. just yeah. so just, just so know, just so that I know that they read they're it. paying attention. Yeah. Right. I'm contractually required to feed her peeled grapes during yeah. every oh. union break. It's wow. just to make a point about status. Yeah, <laughs> she's so a, I know she's my our one union actor. Yeah. <laughs> that's where equity comes in. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's what happens when you go to theater school in London. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was equity. <laughs> Okay, great. Now, Joshua, yes. please tell me about the production company, The Art of War, with two R's. With two R's, yeah. Well, uh, back in 2014, I was going through a really messy breakup, and I had produced a ton of my own nightclub acts, um, you know, Duplex, 54 Below, Lori Beachman, uh, Metropolitan Room, Don't Tell Mama. So I'd been, you know, old school slipper room, so I'd been doing all of these shows and thought, well, maybe I should have a production company, you know, under which, you know, I can, I can start doing some of these. And I ended up doing some shows, but not with this company. So it kind of, I knew what I wanted always. Um, I, and the older I get, I, the more I want to dive into film. So we kind of rebranded this year as a theatrical film production company, whereas before I was doing just theatrical. So we've, we've done short films, we've done some online content, uh, I do videography work for corporations, and then we've got theater, theater dreams and theater ideas. So I'm filming a short film uh, in the next couple months, I'm doing a, 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 a queer Shakespeare series, um, taking some of his tragedies, putting them in Hell's Kitchen, the gayest neighborhood in New York. <laughs> Um, and, and giving it a queer spin. So, you know, Cleopatra might be a trans woman and Romeo and Juliet might be lesbians. And we've got uh, Desdemona and Othello are a gay couple. So we're putting a, a queer spin on all of this. Now, that's a that's film series, correct? Film series. Wow. So cool. it's, I mean, if in, in a nutshell, uh, I think most of us believe Art of War Productions is a way that we can, as artists, say we're not waiting for Hollywood or Broadway to come to us for work. It's an oversaturated industry. We all know that. So this is us taking Indeed. the power back and Good. making independent work on our own terms. That's terrific. That's, in my opinion, what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have to take control of yourself. And you, Alyssa, have done the same thing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a production company called Pocket Universe, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. 
So Pocket Universe is a, a theater and film production company dedicated to reconsidering and reimagining classic stories and conventions. Um, and I started it, I started making stuff before I started the company, but now I view it all under the same umbrella. Um, but I, I, I formed the company to produce uh, my all-female Julius Caesar that I set in an all-girls high school this past summer. Um, and I started the company because when I came back from London, I just had a very clear vision of what I what I wanted, the kinds of roles I wanted to play, and the the kinds of opportunities I wanted to give to other actors. I mean, I like very specifically had the feeling of like if if I would not be the person that I am right now if I hadn't had the opportunity to play Henry the Sixth. I just wouldn't. I the idea of like stepping onto a stage and connecting to not just divinely ordained power, but like. As a young woman, I had no idea what it was like to walk into a room and have anybody ha- assume that people were going to listen to what I said. And they had, it was so hard for me. They're like, listen, you just stand still and like, don't move towards people when you're speaking. You're the king. They're going to listen to you. And that, like, I changed completely as a person to that experience. And I was like, what, what, what would happen if I hadn't done that? And how can I go give that opportunity to other people to make sure that we're all getting an equal share in the universal human experience, which right now belongs to a very small percentage of our population. Mm-hmm. And so Pocket Universe was really formed to allow me to kind of f- find my way through creating theater and film that address a different version of what our world could look like. So I started with, I actually started with a web series called You Made It Worse. Um, and that was my first kind of take on that because I wanted to do something about a young woman who was emotionally connected and invested in her career. And so I'm going to spoil the whole thing, but you, <laughs> it's only 12 minutes long, but you spend the whole time she's waiting for a call from a guy and her like best friend is trying to console her about it and blah, blah, blah. And it turns out the call she's waiting for is a, is a friend who's offering her a job. And you think she's waiting for like a boyfriend kind of call. And, and a lot of women wrote to me after they saw it and were like, thank you. Thank you for that. My God, I haven't seen that before, and that's how I feel. And so, um, and then I did Caesar, and then this summer we're going to do another, um, we're going to do a Jacobean revenge tragedy uh, that's going to be flipped on its head to address some of the things that are happening in our world right now. Um, and yeah, so it's just, it's a place to, to shake things up and... I just can't, I couldn't, it felt irresponsible to come back and continue to like audition to play. My God, it's just like young women getting raped on stage. Like that's all that's available right now if you're in my type. Really? (laughs) Yep. Oh, wow. That or you're like reliving your assault. And it's like, it's like nothing has ever happened to a woman in the world that wasn't assault. None of us have any like complexity or, and that was what was so fun about playing Brutus because like Brutus is so wrong just because she's a monster, not because like nothing bad happened to her. She doesn't have a, or he, however it's written originally, like there's no backstory that leads you to understand like why he's so angry. It's just because he's a human. Mm. And sometimes we're just mad. Right. And like, I don't know. That's. I also think that is the common theme that you find with people starting their own companies. It's that, you know, for me, I want to produce work I want to direct. And I want to direct (laughs) because I see that it should be on a stage somewhere. Yeah. And so it's about, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of people are like, well, New York doesn't need another theater company or it doesn't need another production company. Well, it does. Yeah, it does. It does. And that's just like saying, then. The world doesn't need another actor. It yeah, need right. another director. Or another you know, play. You, you've got Reese Witherspoon started her own oh, production company yeah. because she felt she wasn't seeing the roles that she wanted for women in Hollywood. So, Good. 
start her own company. Now she's doing incredible stuff and giving women incredible meaty roles uh, to play. So, you know, for all the naysayers out there and all the dreamers, there is there are no rules. There are no rules except for the rules that you want for yourself. And for most of us, it's to work and to create really good work and know that that we're putting a stamp on the art world that we're proud of. Um, I ask in my shows what every theatrical artist, writer, director, actor, technician should be doing right now to be relevant and successful in the industry. That is the number one answer. I was. I would say definitely, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's it has to be. Take otherwise, charge. We're waiting. We're yeah. waiting. Don't don't wait. Don't depend on other people. Don't be in a passive position. If if you're not able to get from somebody else what you need, you got to do it yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, nobody's going to hand it to you. No, and I think you also have to be really clear about what you want and why you are here. Yep. Like, why are you in this business? Because that, all of your decisions become very clear once mm-hmm. you can address those things. Be truly and specific. I yeah. was laughing at the beginning. You know, as a producer, you can get anyone on the telephone in New York. As an actor, you can't be seen by anyone. <laughs> yes, it's so true. The like, literally, the minute, the minute, the minute yeah. I was like, great, Art of War is now a company. Well, great, we're going to do this production. Great, I need a casting director. I'm getting flooded responses from Broadway <laughs> casting directors that I usually have to pay hundreds of dollars to it's get like, in Oh, I guess of. you do get those messages. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so it was, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a very crazy business. Yeah. That's like pot of gold advice right there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you want to get seen, become a producer. producer yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> hire the people that you want to hire. Yeah. Pay exactly. them a nice solid paycheck. And the next time you're acting in front of them, they'll be like, oh, okay. I remember you. <laughs> I, I like you. I trust you. Yeah. Wow. Do you all have time to uh, discuss just theater in general? Yeah. I know you're on a, a tight rehearsal schedule here. Uh, so please be honest with me. We've got the room for another 25 minutes. You do? Yeah. Okay, great. Now, are there any uh, particular messages and themes that speak strongly to you in the pieces that you write, act in, produce, uh, direct? I think a lot of the work that I do has to deal with um, emotional pain or emotional trauma and finding a way to heal or move through that, to find a way forward. Um, what do, what do you think, Josh? I'm, for you or for me? Both of us. Because uh, we work together a lot. Yeah. You know, and I think that we, we see a lot of what we do. I mean, I know for Josh, definitely. I know he has a really uh, big strength in terms of like very character-driven, very human, uh, very mm-hmm. small, small stories, you know, where you're focusing in on a relationship or... Um, yeah, Blake, a lot of the time the work I've done with Blake is a very tender role, whatever that means for somebody. But tender for me is somebody who's the good guy, you know, the, the, the guy who's, you know, not really in the wrong for the breakup, but he's awkward, so he's in the wrong, you know, and he wants his girlfriend back. Or, you know, the guy who's just, like, trying to live his life, and the girls are like, you don't have motivation, and I don't know, it's just these really tender roles. Some of the last things I've directed him are specifically those two things. Um, and then what's great about this is he's drawn to something so far beyond what we've done together before, which is a uh, beast of a character. I mean, I'd say this is opposite your spectrum. Well, I think that this, I mean, this is definitely, it's definitely me because it's, it's always resonated with me. But I think that it's the, the character, it's a response to this deep pain and hurt that he has that he's never been able to process or resolve or deal with. Yeah. And, and that anger is kind of a cover or a defense mechanism or the only way that he knows how to how to deal with it. For me, I would say this this I didn't realize until somebody told me that your career is about relationship stories and I was like, what? 
talking <laughs> about. And then I, I took a step back and I was like, I, I totally gravitate towards relationship stories. And I, I, what I mean is love, mm-hmm. like true love and how does love fit into our lives and what are the confines within it and how does it affect us and what kind of animal does it turn in, turn us into or what kind of sap does it turn in? Something about that real human nature. Now, I come from... And my parents are still together. You know, I've got a happy lifestyle. Nothing ever happened that I didn't have enough love. But when I when I when I analyze what I'm what I'm going towards, it's usually a love story in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, look at look at brilliant traces. Love is everywhere. A, a consultant once told me I did a little like workshop, and he said that um, the two things that I should always look for are uh, power struggles, especially with women, and obsession. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting because my character is very obsessed about this event that he had and he's very obsessed with this element that I won't give away um, but it's a physical object in the play and it's got to be good writing I mean you can give me an inc- like an incredible circumstance of two people madly in love that are going through something and if it's bad writing I, it won't resonate with me I won't go this is the test I do, the first two pages. If I'm in it, I'm in it. If after those two pages, the playwright has lost me, I'm done. So do it. <laughs> this is the note to playwrights. Don't put your Easter eggs in the middle of the play. <laughs> put them on page one. Yeah. Because there are, you know, who's got time to sit through that if yeah. you're like, no, this isn't, this is boring me. This isn't, this isn't resonating at all. That's very true for screenwriting as well. Mm-hmm. Make your first three pages your best. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you've got somebody who has to read yeah. 80 scripts in a week and they're just, exactly. no, no, You no. know, in acting, we're taught to find the hook, find the hook into anything. And that's you connecting to what's in front of you. And I feel like that's the same way to approach writing. Find the hook early on, because if it's not in the beginning, where do you go? Absolutely. I once read in a directing book that, um, you have something like seven minutes, uh, into the play for an, an actual play or musical uh, to, to get the audience. You have seven minutes to, to change their thinking from, wow, that was a really good dinner, or wow, that was an expensive you know, valet, or whatever, into bringing you into yeah. the mm-hmm. actual play. Um, and, and the writer... The writer has to participate in that yes. as well. Yes. Yeah. You know, if it's yes. what's what's the old you know, staying? If it's not on the page, it's not on the stage. I know that's totally cliche and overused, no, it's totally but it's true. totally true. <laughs> it is. I, I, as a writer, I feel the pressure all the time to make sure I'm grabbing the audience. Well, you might get some good stuff that isn't on the page, but if it's not on the page, you're not. You have. There's no guarantee that it's going to end up. Uh, you're, that what you're thinking is going to end up in the actual production. Right. Particularly if you're a new writer, um, because I mean, maybe you can get you know, some of the more experienced writers or the more um, popular writers, if you will. They'll, the readers will read past the first three or four pages if they're not grabbing them. But if you're new, just trust me. <laughs> it's got to be there right up front. Yeah. Um, wh- Alyssa, yeah. tell me your answer to that question. Um. I think I'm really drawn, I'm really drawn to power struggles. I'm really drawn to like, I think it's so important that, that plays are epic and that there is some kind of epic catharsis within them because I think people go to the theater to, to feel that, you know, like I'm very wary of plays that are like 90 minutes long and it's like a slice of life for 85 minutes and then like one event gets thrown in right at the end that is not connected to anything else that's happened and they're like, see, we did a, a catharsis kind of. But I like, the, uh, one of the things I love about this play is that like, 
it's so well written. It's so every single thing because like there there are obviously two huge reveals towards the end of the play that we are earning every second mm-hmm. that we are on stage. Mm-hmm. We are like it's not like these things come out of nowhere. It's like Cindy Lou Johnson really finely crafted a power struggle where like the first time I read it I was like I could see the baton of power Mm -hmm. on the page Mm -hmm. getting passed back and forth between these people until the friction of that explodes into these huge revelations I love that it's great. It's such a well-written play. She really knew what she was doing. And she really, she follows everything that we're just saying. I mean, the play starts, I can give the, the opening away, right? That yeah, I, sure. yeah, I like bang into this room in a wedding dress and I talk for two minutes, three minutes. I don't know. We don't know how long it's going to be. Yet. <laughs> it's I'm like, it's yeah, long. I'm like five like minute monologue. Drinking like and, and like talking about what's happening. And then I like pass out. <laughs> And then the play, I guess, like, then the the interaction kind of starts. But, like, that play starts on page one. And you know who this girl is. And you actually get a really clear sense of, like, who he's going to be. And so I I like, I think it's it's really important that your play, that that theater be, and saying something is the wrong word, but just, like, creating an emotional experience Mm -hmm. for people who are coming into the theater. Because we're coming, we, we come into theaters looking for something. And so I think it's really important as the people creating it that we give that to people. Totally. Excellent answer. That's terrific. Um, Before we go, before I let you go, can I do, and before I have you give me your social media information and anything else you want to talk about you're working on, can we do a quick speed round? Sure. Yes, can I say one thing really quickly? Absolutely. I feel like I'm talking about Brutus. If anybody listens to this, they're going to be like, this girl clearly didn't read that play. Just that Brutus is mad about something is all I want to say. (laughs) (laughs) There are are reasons for her behavior. Between the lines. But they're just not, like, it's not like there was one event. It's like a whole conglomeration of things that are complicated that required a nuanced exploration that, as written for a teenage girl, that pro- that role probably wouldn't have had, Beautiful is what I was saying. So I just wanted to make that disclaimer. Like, I did read the play. I know what happens. I, <laughs> I, I know there's there's a lot going on. So that's I just wanted that on the record. Okay, that's fine. That's great. Okay, here we go. Yes, sweet All We'll start with Blake. Okay. I'm go across. Okay. All right. I'm so okay. nervous. What's your favorite play? Uh, Brilliant Traces. People, Places, and Things. Oh, shoot! I don't know! I hate this! Can I take oh. Josh's? Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Oh, okay. Red. Ooh. Red. I think, I think I've, I think I, I, Mark Rothko's one of my favorites. I want to, I want to I'd like it. to see you do that. I think that's a good, oh, Josh is a big art guy. Yeah, I collect art. So, like, I'm good. Red. I would say John Logan's Red, even though it's a fairly new play. Excellent. Favorite musical? Ooh, uh, it would, I mean, like, it's easier to say Hamilton right now, but I also really love um, Spring Awakening. Mm-hmm. Great show. Oh, it's so tough. It's like probably a three-way tie between Next to Normal, Once, and mm. I, I think Natasha Perry and the Great Comet of 1812. God, you guys are all newbies. All right, I would There's say... There's some great new work. <laughs> I, I know, there really I is. Like, there I really like is. the new work that's being done with me. I would say mine are Cabaret and Big mm. River. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Um, do you have a favorite writer? Who's your favorite writer? Oh, man. Um, I really wish that Kenneth Lonergan had more plays that he wrote, but uh, I'd probably maybe like Albie Lonergan. Um, I do like some of Labute's stuff, too, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have a bunch of favorite writers. Mm, yeah, that's, that. that's hard. All right, earlier on in my career, I was a big Durang fan. I still am. Sure. I love some Durang. Um, Albie is fantastic. Yeah. Um, my our dear friend Matthew McLaughlin, who's an up and coming playwright, I've directed I would say ninety eight percent of his catalog. So he is somebody who I who 
I'm a director because of him in many ways. He gives me his script and I understand it immediately. So he's definitely one of my favorite writers out there right now. I'm looking forward to when he's published and I can get my off of that. Well, yeah, he is published. You're right. He's got a book um, of uh, one acts and monologues, but I'm going to double down. Matthew McLaughlin is really coming into his own. Yeah, he's a a very smart very smart his growth has been exponential he just started writing about a year or two maybe three Mm -hmm. ago and the maturity that has ma'am it's great when I don't want to scratch his eyes out (laughs) because he's a weirdo you know if you're listening David I apologize Um, but you know I mean I grew up being a Broadway a musical dude so a lot of my world early on was in musicals and then in 2008 I kind of was just like oh there's so much glory in the plays my favorite, I think People, Places, and Things is the best play that's ever been written, so Duncan McMillan is there by default my favorite writer, but I also think that Tom Stoppard has the most like extensive catalog of excellent yeah. plays. <laughs> okay, now other than the gentleman sitting in the room, who's your favorite director? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um. I have a couple, but I've worked with Jonathan Silverstein at Keen Company twice, and I think the way that he works as an artistic director and a director, and the way that he picks plays and conducts the energy of the actors in the room, it's one of the most like heart heartening and fulfilling and enriching rooms to be in, and the productions that he directs are so gorgeous. And he just, I, yeah, I think everything I've seen that he's done I've loved and working with him is such a special experience because he really directs from his heart and it just like permeates the room um, and goes onto the stage with us. Excellent. So, yeah. Gentlemen? I'm, I'm going to have to plug my, my good pal Patrick Lillis at the Farm Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a phenomenal talent. He's such a big talent. He's got a big heart. And um, if I weren't working with Josh on it, he would definitely be the next in line to um, to take over Brilliant Traces. Um, I've seen him just do so much work and just encourage uh, emerging artists and emerging work and uh, really be brave with his work and he performs also and uh, I just can't say enough good things about Patrick. I'm kind of obsessed with Moritz von Stupenagel right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, Hand to God and Present Laughter Revival. Uh, but, you know, some oldies but goodies, Des Mackinoff of La Jolla, um, Bartlesher. I love um, his direction yeah, of musicals. I mean, it's I do. It's like I mean, Des in so many ways is why I'm I'm an actor. It was his musicals that really, and then Lincoln Center has got such magic that comes out of there. But uh, Moritz is where it's at for me right now. I think he's he just he's really collaborative with his with the writers with whom he's working. So it's he's just they're always on the same page and it allows him to really push push the boundaries a little bit. I like that. I'm sorry, who, Moritz? Moritz von Stupenagel. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, I'm, now he, now you said he directed Present Laughter. Yeah, he's the revival of Present Laughter and then Hand to God. Hand to God. That amazing kind puppet. of puppet. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, uh, right? Oh my the, God. Okay, all right, all right. Where the set rotated yeah. like a clock and it was... 
and the car came out, and oh, okay, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, big time with you on that. It's 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 badass. Cool. Um, is there anything new that you you're working on? You like to talk about? Um, yeah. Well, I'm. I guess I can say the name of the play that I'm doing this. No, I can't. I really can't say it yet. But I. But Pocket Universe is going to do a play this summer that I'm in pre-production right now, and I. I'm hopefully going to be able to. We're going to announce it in March. Um, but that's like the other half of my life right now, and I'm really excited about it. She's like, I gotta get through this first. Right? No, no, I'm doing them yeah. simultaneously, and sure. it's great. It's, it's great to be, like, producing that night and, and coming and acting during the day, but that's, that's what's next on the docket, and I'm very excited about it. I think it's gonna be um, something people really haven't seen before, because it's a play no one ever does, but it's incredibly relevant right now, and we're also gonna mess with it to make it even more so. Wow, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Great marketing. Love it. Okay. Yeah, stay tuned. Pocket-universe.com. Blake? Well, I have a few things on, that have been on the back burner and have kind of definitely been uh, sidelined for the time being. Um, Josh and I uh, are planning to do some more plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a couple of really good ones that uh, hopefully we'll be able to get the rights for. Um, but we are also working with Ready Productions, um, and they're doing their reading series. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if we're going to be doing another production with them next year, but they, it's more original work, probably maybe one of Matt's plays. Um, also getting into filmmaking, and uh, a friend of mine wrote a play, uh, Meredith Allen, and uh, we've been in talks about uh, raising money to shoot it as a film up at this house that my uh, parents have in uh, Connecticut now. Very cool. Um, yeah, um, but definitely... You know, that's March sixth and beyond. That's yeah. after the show. <laughs> you gotta get through this. It's so it's totally not even being worked on at all. It's all in deep freeze in the freezer. Nice. Um, I'm working on two of Matthew's short plays in two festivals, uh, one in March and then one I believe in August, July or August. So two short plays with Matthew and then my production company is doing Mare, which is the uh, Shakespeare series, mm-hmm. web series, and then a short film by Barry Lee Shepard called Yogurt. Mm. Yogurt? Yogurt. Okay. You'll see. <laughs> it's, it's like John Waters. It's very, it's, it's, it's out there. And okay. To you totally said the right thing there with it's, me. It's, I had to get my hands on it. It's so, it's so odd. Wow. It's like six minutes of like, what? This is so odd. <laughs> I, have, I love that stuff. I was a modern dancer in college. So like anything weird, I'm like, I don't want to try this. Wow, you three are great in promoting your projects because you're just gi- you're giving us just enough. <laughs> so, so just a little teaser. Just a little <laughs> um, give our audience your social media information. If you have one place where they could go where they can connect with everything else, that's probably best. But if you need to give a couple separate addresses, that's fine too. Okay, let me think. Uh, Twitter, I'm at Blake Merriman. <laughs> Instagram, I'm Blake Merriman. Uh, and Facebook, I think if you just look for Blake Merriman, I've got a page up there. Uh, I think that's all my social media. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Heylissa May, H-E-Y-L-Y-S-S-A. And Pocket Universe is on so uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as at Universe Pocket. Now, you two have websites as well. Yeah. But I believe yeah. I connected to them... Just by searching. Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, uh, blakemerriman.com. Yeah, alyssamaygold.com. And uh, for the play, uh, brilliantracestheplay.com. Okay. All right. Oh, this is a lot of, a lot of, okay. So, uh, <laughs> Art of War, two R's, artofwarproductions.com is my website. Two um, R's on war. Yep. Okay. Um, we also have Instagram, uh, Art of War Productions, AOW, I can't remember what it is, Twitter, AOW Productions. Yeah. 
Uh, we're on Facebook backslash Art of War Productions, and then of course JoshuaWar.com, and I'm World of War. On, I know I'm Look such, at that I'm with two R's. I love it. And my fans are my warriors. Oh my God! Stop. I know. I know. I know. Hey mom. Hey dad. Oh, <laughs> hey. I'm a warrior. And Raza. So yeah, but you can you can also go to artofwarproductions.com, find out who these brilliant actors are, and 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 go from there. I see what you did there with the brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, they are brilliant. Brilliant traces. I keep saying that it's going brilliantly. Yeah. Like, how's rehearsal? It's brilliant. It's brilliant. All our backers for the Kickstarter were brilliant backers. <laughs> nice That's, alliteration in there. Yeah. You three have been so much fun. Oh, <laughs> you're so much fun. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you very much for being with us, Alyssa, Blake, and Joshua. You're amazing, and I can't wait to see Brilliant Traces. Yay. Yeah, yeah, let us know when you want to come. Check out the check out the website. I've already checked out the website. Let me know. I've already, I've already completely stocked all of you. That's part of my job. I'm so excited that you haven't read it and that you don't know what's happening. That was a very deliberate. You're gonna be uh, be holding your husband's hand. I know. I know. He's. Did he see it with Joan Cusack? No, no, no. But he's read it. That's great. I can't live up to that. He's read it. He says it's hugely popular in acting class. I'm sure. Yeah, like every, a lot of people do it in acting class. It's so well written. And he told me he's like it's it's a lot of people really in acting class should trust the writing mm-hmm. because apparently you could push it a little yes. too far. No, she yes. wrote exactly what she wanted. Right. That's 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 what he said. You trust the writing when it comes to somebody that good. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're all amazing, and I thank you again. Thanks, Sean. I'm going to thank you a third time in okay. a couple of seconds here. Oh. Okay. Now at <laughs> the end of each show, I like to give shout outs to current productions worth a recommendation. On tonight's episode, I'm recommending another Chicago musical that features a few friends of mine, Larry Baldacci, Michelle Hosso, and Kyrie Anderson. Merrily We Roll Along, presented by Porchlight Music Theater. Here's a description taken from Porchlight Music Theater's website. Set over three decades of friendship and business, the landmark musical Merrily We Roll Along charts the highs and lows of a relationship among three very close friends. Starting from adulthood and traveling back in time to the idealistic intentions of youth, this powerful and emotionally moving story of looking at your life from the vantage point of having lived lived it features some of Stephen Sondheim's best-known songs, including Good Thing Going, Not a Day Goes By, and Old Friends. Now, this is a blind recommendation, as I haven't seen the show yet, although I intend to when I return to Chicago to record the demo songs for We the People. That's my musical I've been working on for a long time, and it's running right now, so go see it if you're there, um, in a few weeks. And I'm recommending the show for two main reasons. Uh, The talent. Uh, Larry, Michelle, and Kyrie are all incredible performers. Larry, having just performed amazingly in Ragtime, Kyrie, excuse me, was in my co-writer Leo Schwartz's musical, Under a Rainbow Flag, and Michelle was also in the workshop cast of We the People. And she was was cast in a play uh, by my friend Ken Jones, who I go to a writer's group with. All are exceptionally talented and major talents on the Chicago theater scene. Um, So go, go see it. It's great. Also, the work by Stephen Sondheim is intriguing. It's one of those shows that had a very negative experience here on Broadway, but went on to have tremendous success in regional theater afterward. Lonnie Price, who is one of the original actors, actually made a documentary on the subject of the show's experience on Broadway called Best Worst Thing That Could Ever Happen. 
It's quite, um, it's quite terrific, and it's on Netflix. I saw it on Netflix. It's recommended viewing for theater lovers, so find it and watch it. Uh, Merrily We Roll Along runs until March 11th at the Ruth Page Center for the Arts. You can visit Porchlight Music Theater, that's theater with an R-E, dot org for tickets and information. Well, folks, the proverbial 11 o'clock number has been sung and the bows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. I'd like to thank my guests, the sensational Joshua War, Alyssa Maygold, and Blake Merriman of Art of War's upcoming production of Brilliant Traces. Thank you again. You're amazing. And you can find more episodes of your program is your ticket at facebook.com backslash program is your ticket. I'm on Twitter at, at program ticket. The website is your program is your ticket.com. Imagine that. Also on YouTube, you can um, uh, search me out at your program is your ticket. I'm on iTunes, SoundCloud, rate me, write me a review, and subscribe. Folks, take a little time to see a show this week, and don't forget to give a smaller show some love. There's lots of theater gems out there. Until our next show, good night, theater people, and curtain. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.